This is the Frey and Friends podcast, and I am your host, Elliot Frey. Inspired by the song, The Men That Drive Me Places by Ben Rector, the Frey and Friends podcast exists to create a forum for others to share their stories. Thanks for tuning in. Sunday full of Target runs. I don't even know that I'm excited to share that, but I am here for episode 15 with my good friend and the last individual to cover art for the Frame Friends podcast, Tyler Allison. Hi, Tyler. How's it going, man? It's good to see you, dude. Uh, I appreciate that you wore even the cover art uh, outfit for recording tonight. Tyler's donning a uh, 49 Jake Arrieta jersey and a backwards Cubs hat, a snapback Cubs hat. So it looks good, man. Yeah, let's go Cubbies. Yeah, Cubbies. Well, uh, the Cubbies don't look very good tonight. They started the night down 7 nothing in the second inning against their crosstown cup rival, the White Sox. So uh, not a great night to celebrate celebrate the Cubs, but uh, that's okay. We've, we've enjoyed plenty of Cubs memories together, and we'll probably talk about some of those and many other memories tonight. Um, but I'm just, just excited you're here, dude. I think we've got a lot of good stuff to talk about. So. Yeah. Um, let's jump in. So I know you pretty darn well. I'd say really well. Uh, I think a lot of people listening will know you pretty well. Uh, not everybody. There will be some people. I'm thinking of the Devin Pauls who live in Austin, Texas, who have no idea who you are. Uh, they'll be interested to learn a little bit more about you. So I'm curious, can you give the audience a little bit of an overview of who Tyler Allison is? Yeah. So I'm Tyler Allison. I'm a born and raised, um, well, not born and raised, born in Southern California, a town called Victorville. Um, moved here when I was young. Uh, my dad's a pastor. So we moved to uh, Earlham, Iowa, which is a little town um, out a little bit west of Des Moines. Um, yeah, spent my my entire childhood there. And then that's where I met my wife. Uh, my family moved in town a couple of times. Um, my mom was a, was a principal and a teacher in Waukee. And then after high school, went to Iowa State, graduated with an engineering degree from Iowa State, an easy one, industrial engineering, not a hard <laughs> one. Um, but uh, yeah, when I was going to Iowa State, I was like, well, I could do business with an engineering degree, but not engineering with a business degree. So uh, I proved my math teacher wrong and uh, was able to do that. Um, yeah, I like to have fun, hang out with friends, um, hang out with my wife, play golf, anything competitive. Uh, I like to build stuff. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty much uh, just someone that enjoys to be busy and enjoys to do lots of different activities and learn. And um, I'm thankful to be here. It's way different sitting here in person than listening in my truck. <laughs> Elliot's sitting here with Xbox headphones on. And normally <laughs> when, when he has something like that on, he's yelling housekeeping and yelling at little kids on Call of Duty. So uh, this is just surreal. Uh, one thing you guys want to know about me is I'm a space case. So this could get a little bit wild. Uh, talking to my wife before I came here, she was just kind of coaching me on some things and making sure I took my medicine and stuff like that. And so I did the smart thing and made a vodka Red Bull when I got here. So that'll <laughs> calm me down probably. But uh, no, I'm I'm excited to be here. 
uh, this is very different for me and you. And uh, yeah, Elliot's my good buddy. So this is going to be fun. Yeah, this is good. I, I can honestly say uh, this is episode 15. I don't think in any of the other 14 episodes we've mixed meds with vodka and Red Bull, uh, but <laughs> oh, it should it should lead to an interesting conversation. But no, I, I, I'm just playing. And I, honestly, uh, for those of you that don't know this, uh, I consider Tyler to be one of my very best friends and somebody that um, we've done a lot of life together, actually. And I feel mm-hmm. like if I think about the the small group of individuals in my life who I feel like, you know, both of us would say we have really good networks of friends and people around us that care a lot about us and vice versa. Um, but it's hard to, to think of those individuals that have been around for the good times, the bad times, everything in between, lots of life events, things like that. And Tyler's definitely one of those individuals in my life. So I'm thankful for our friendship. And I think, uh, I think tonight will be kind of a fun way for us to maybe reminisce a little bit, which is always uh, kind of a fun aspect of this podcast. So uh, looking forward to the conversation, Tyler. Um, I do want to ask you maybe to kick us off. Do you know how we met? Yeah. So I was thinking about that and it was at Iowa State. Uh, Our paths could have crossed. Um, Earlham played DMC. (laughs) Um, a little bit ago. Yeah, I didn't or, skateboard or play soccer. Yeah, yeah, but uh, um, I think we met either at Elliot's apartment where they had a fish tank, and uh, <laughs> a couple of my buddies that I was in school with, uh, Matt Jordahl and Ryan Spencer, um, we got the same degree at Iowa State and kind of hung out for all those years and could end up playing cards at their place one night. Or one of my first memories is a discipleship group through Salt Company. Um, we were in the same D group for half a semester, and that was a an interesting one. But it was it was good. We got to know each other there, and then uh, from there, yeah, it just kind of took off, and it's been it's been fun. I don't know. What do you remember? Well, yeah, it's funny you say that because I was trying. I honestly, um, it is weird because I feel like I've got a fairly good memory, especially when it comes to like friendships and just milestones and, and friendships. I can't for the life of me remember when we first met. I can think of a whole ton of stories since we've met. I can't think of the exact time we first met. I do think that it might've been discipleship group. Um, and I, I remember that time well, because, uh, you said a half a half a year, you know, Mm -hmm. one semester, I remember at the semester mark, uh, myself and a couple other guys got kicked out and you were part of the cool kids that stuck around for that group. So I, I didn't get to be in your discipleship group anymore, but it's your classic A team, B team situation. It, so it really was. <laughs> and we've had lots of good laughs. But then that, your so. B team goes on and wins the championship. <laughs> so. Yeah. I, I'm not sure if that was the case. Uh, I do remember, and I don't know if my good buddy Jesse Reyes has been listening or not, but that's actually, uh, I was talking with Kelly earlier before we started tonight and, uh, we were talking about that semester when all those changes happened. And that's actually how I met Jesse Reyes because I ended up going to his discipleship group for the next semester. So kind of funny how, how things worked out, but uh, all that said, yeah, I mean, I, I remember discipleship group and then it's funny to hear you even say that it could have been playing cards at that apartment because I didn't actually even live there. Uh, but I might as well have because I was there all the time. Okay. So uh, I lived in the dorms that year, but you know, Jake, Ryan, Matt, Tanner, all those guys lived together in that apartment. And I think we all were there all the time, it seemed like. So I think you nailed it. It could have been either of those places. But um, with that said, I think as we go on, we'll talk about a lot of stories that maybe is where our friendship really cultivated. So uh, I I think we'll get there. 
Before we do that, though, a couple rapid-fire questions for you. So here's the challenge. Uh, Corey McAnally, if you're listening, uh, a couple episodes ago, you said that rapid-fire is never truly rapid-fire, and you claimed you would be the one to uh, to, to take the gold medal in being actual rapid-fire questions. Uh, you failed to do that, Corey, uh, which I know we had a lot of good laughs about. So I challenged Tyler before this podcast. Uh, let's see if we can do rapid fire and we'll cruise through them. And I think I've got some questions that might fit for a good rapid fire. So I'm going to start with this. And I think I might have an idea as I look across the uh, coffee table in our janky studio setup at your cup on the coaster. Uh, your greatest caffeine source. Red Bull, then coffee. Yep. I, I kind of assumed in that order. Uh, okay. You work, and we're going to talk about this a little bit when we talk about your role and, and what you do professionally, but uh, you work in construction. Yes, sir. So I'd assume that you have an easiest type of contractor to work with and a worst type of contractor to work with. What comes to mind? The easiest type of contractor is one that shows up and does 100% of their job, which is about 0% of contractors. <laughs> the hardest type of contractor to work with is ones that show up and I think they're lost and they don't know where their job starts and stops. And so they start short and stop short. Yep. Yep. So that, I, that's, that's fine. That That's different than what I anticipated you saying, but I love it. And the reason I asked that question, you'll find out here shortly when we get to something I've noticed about you. Uh, what was your first car? The first car I drove was, I guess in high school, I'd say it was a 1997 BMW Z3 Roadster. Not bad. Um, and that was my parents. I have two sisters, and that was my parents' third car at the time. I'm the oldest of uh, the kids in my family, a couple years older than my one sister and five or six than my other one. And, yeah, my dad had a little toy car that he loved because it was a James Bond car. James Bond had a light blue one. Uh, my dad had the dark blue one. But – it was a five-student manual, and uh, he trusted me enough to rip around in that thing. And so uh, Emily and I started dating in high school, and that we actually had uh, the same job or a job at the same place, Fairway and Clive. And uh, we would hop in my little two-seater convertible and ride back and forth from Earlham to work, and it was a blast. And I learned how to you know drift on the concrete in that thing and stuff. Never got in trouble in it, actually, but that was that. And then uh, my pride and joy was – a 1994 silver Honda Prelude. Yeah, I remember that car. I loved that car, man. It was, the only problem with it was my snowboard didn't fit in it. And so I kind of pulled my seats forward. And then Honda is a lot of times when the, you know, it's a four-seater car, but this car is a coupe. So only had two doors. And these, you couldn't really call the back seat seats. But my buddy, my best friend at the time was, you know, 6'3 and could barely fit in there. His head would be kind of touching the window and he'd get sunburned and stuff. But I had that, take the seats, I folded them down in, in this cubby. It was a cubby in like the frame behind the back seats. Yep. And so I had a hacksaw. And so I, I made a hole big enough where my snowboard, <laughs> if you tilted one of the seats down, would kind of slide up there and fit in my car. So we actually, in this little dinky prelude, could get three full-grown guys and three snowboards in there with all of our gear and go snowboarding. And uh, I loved that car. It was great. I traded that out for a little BMW wagon when uh, one came available that I loved. But yeah, I still have you know, the little prelude placard. I sold it to one of my wife's cousins. And before I did that, I kept a spare key and a little prelude placard out of it. Cause I just, I loved that thing. It's good memories in that. That's, so. that's amazing. Yeah. That's super cool. Uh, two things. One, first of all, you already can tell why rapid fire is difficult yeah. Two, 
uh, I remember the first time I rode in that prelude with you. You picked me up at a dorm, I, I want to say, and I remember seeing the car pull up and being like, no way. Like, <laughs> I, I've never seen a car like this before. And I got in it, and I legitimately thought, and I don't remember exactly what it's called, but we we got in, or I got in the car, and I thought, this is Back to the Future. Like, this looks like the Back to the Future car. Like, the, the dash was just weird, and it was it was wild. It's a cool car, though. Yeah, if you're out there, well, you are if you're listening to this, because um, you're, <laughs> you're not here. <laughs> you should uh, just Google what the inside of a period looks like. It's pretty it's pretty wild. I got used to it, but, and uh, yeah, rapid fire, it's hard, because you said, Tell me your first car, and yeah. I told you three cars, which <laughs> that's if I carry the one that's two more cars than you asked for. So, <laughs> oh my gosh, that's good. Uh, okay, favorite vacation spot, man. Um, as of recent years, I think my favorite vacation spot is down in Naples, Florida. Um, Emily and I get to go there with a couple friends. You and Kel missed out this last trip, but uh, yeah, I get to go down there and stay at a house. And uh, the the yard there is like a golf course, and so we play croquet and we get to drive around in a pretty nice car. And there's a nice pool and it's a nice area to play golf. So um, I'm learning that vacations are good to relax on, and that's hard for me. But as of late, that I yeah. think so. But I'm gonna answer one more that you were going to ask me. Yeah. Maybe not. Yeah, um, go for my it. favorite vacation I've ever done is actually down to Naples, but uh, Emily is a teacher, my wife. And so she had to leave a little bit early on this trip. I stayed a couple extra days and I wanted to kind of get out of my friend's way so they could have their, their time alone at this house. And so I rented a Harley and I rode down from Naples down to Key West, Florida on a little Harley. And uh, that was a blast. It was amazing driving over all those bridges and the, uh, in the ocean and, it was just myself and some headphones listening to music and it was really hot outside. It doesn't matter when you're kind of cruising on a motorcycle and yeah, I'll never forget just that, that feeling of going over those long bridges on a motorcycle and beautiful weather. And yeah, I like to ride motorcycles and just the, the alone time was special. So that'll probably sit with me for a long time. Yeah, that's cool. I remember that. And I remember you coming home and being like, this was amazing. Yeah. And, it, and it's, uh, that's, that's definitely you. And I think you're right because you and I are similar in the sense that just like chilling out is really tough. Like we, I feel like that's something I've learned about you is we're constantly trying to figure out what the next thing is on the to-do list or what we've got to keep working on. So vacation's hard. It's not always the easiest thing. Uh, favorite band. Ooh, uh, Reliant K. Yeah. Easy. And creeping up next to them is Billy Talent, which if you know who Billy Talent is out there, you're my type of person. Yeah. Uh, when Elliot and I were, this is not rapid fire, my bad. Uh, when Elliot and I were driving down to a, an Iowa State game this last fall, I played him a little bit of Billy Talent, and he just kind of looked at me. Oh. And, yeah. Yeah, and, and you were like, oh, wow. You know, but uh, no, Reliant K, it is this special to me. Uh, I mean, I was a little, you know, Christian kid growing up. I remember one time my I got a box of cereal at the store, and it came with like a Backstreet Boys or an NSYNC CD or something like that in the box. And my dad, you know, being the loving dad that he was, is like, hey, I'll take you to a Wellspring bookstore and buy you any CD in the building if you trade me for that one. And he just didn't want to <laughs> fill my head with garbage. And so he traded me out and I picked uh, the Mmm album by Ryan <laughs> K. That's what it's called. Uh, mm, I don't know. And uh, I don't know how you say that, but uh, I yeah. And that started, my, that started my love for Ryan K. 
when I proposed to my wife, I did a lip sync to one of their songs. It's out there somewhere, but yeah, yeah they're special. So that's cool. I love it. I knew that was your answer, but uh, I forgot about this Billy Talent guy. And I do remember listening to that yeah. on the way to, uh, to Lawrence, Kansas. Uh, favorite grill item? Um, and burgers. I'm, that I'm are, assuming you're talking food, not like. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Burgers that are still mooing don't count. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's how I like my steaks. Yep. Um, a little faint moo. Favorite grill item would probably be. Dude, that's a hard one because I don't know. I'm trying to eat healthier, so honestly, like any just plain meat, not super seasoned. Uh, as long as it's cooked well, not overdone, I enjoy. I'm. <laughs> I'm not impartial to very many types of food. So, <laughs> so basically if it's edible, it's probably on my list. Sure. Unless it's green and then it cuts out a lot of vegetables and stuff. But yeah, I think I don't know. Just I just like meat. So I don't <laughs> I don't that's a hard question. That's a weird one. I don't know. I know that works. Uh you can thank Kelly for that. She gave me right. that one. So uh last two, favorite movie. Oh man favorite movie i love tommy boy yeah i love it i know elliot and i share that together it is quotable hilarious i did a monologue in high school of it. do you have a video of that no uh, no i could probably practice and do it for you sometime um how about right now this is a i don't remember i don't remember well, that well let, let's do this give me your You're naughty <laughs> oh my gosh oh man oh yeah uh I hope you all are enjoying. That. Yeah, uh, yeah. So Tommy Boy. Also, a special place in my heart for the Fast and Furious movies. Not really the new ones, but Tokyo Drift. My buddies and I used to just love that. But there's probably other good movies out there I love. But those Tom, are two that come to my mind. Tommy so. Boy and Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. That yeah, that's is, like an old one though. I haven't seen that in a while. It just brings me back. I think that's probably why I like that one. I love good it. Days, but last one. Uh, I think I might know the answer to this, but your favorite video game. Uh, easily Halo, Halo 2. Um, when I was a kid, Earlham, way, Earlham, way out west, you know, little town. I remember when we got high-speed internet out there. And uh, my house was one of the first ones that uh, that got it, that my dad paid for it, because a guy that went to our church loved playing the first Halo. And when Halo 2 came out, that was on Xbox Live, or Halo 1 wasn't. And so we... Uh, I got an Xbox. I don't know. I was probably 12, maybe. None of my, I don't know if I knew anyone else that had Xbox Live besides the other guy in my town. I was pretty young to get it, but Halo 2 is back in the day where, you know, you made friends online and you didn't know everyone that had it. And I just, that was my jam. Played the snot out of that game. Halo 3 came out. That was good. But then since then, they've kind of fallen off a little bit. But as of late, we played Call of Duty, but that would be just. Uh, the area that everyone else plays in. So you get to hang out with the boys and talk and good sense of community. And, uh, but yeah, that, that got us through COVID yeah, no legitimately. Kidding. Like I, we, I, we kind of put a lot. We did. Yeah. I mean, we started, uh, we started a Tuesday night thing where that was like guaranteed. No one's missing it. And I'm telling you, uh, that actually was really helpful to me because I felt like I could be social still. Mm -hmm. So especially back when things were so up in the air and unknown, I feel like we all, I mean, I think everybody's comfortability level of getting out and seeing people is different at this point. But I feel like at that time it was like, yeah, don't, don't get out. Nobody knows what's going on with this. 
And I think I bought the last Xbox at Target, and I'm so thankful I did because we had a lot of fun with that. Yeah, I've had an Xbox, well, since the original one, the big old controller and stuff, but I uh, really hadn't fired up my Xbox until kind of COVID hit and everyone was starting, you know, what's a way to connect? Well, you could do like happy hour social nights on Zoom, which we did a couple of those, and that was fun. And, yep. uh, but yeah, Call of Duty has been a, just a nice place of community, hanging out with guys from Connection Group, other friends. Uh, getting linked up with people that you don't know and then get to meet them in real life, which is kind of a crazy yeah. thing. Cause I don't remember, maybe it was Don. Yeah. Don, we played Xbox for probably a year, a year and a half together. We'd talk to each other for five, 10 hours a week, it seems like, and never met. And then one night, I think he was at your house and yeah. I was over here and I just introduced myself and it was like meeting a buddy that you had talked to forever and well, you never met him, you know, in person. So that was great. And uh, yeah, we had a lot of fun nights. It's also perfect because you can do it kind of late at night when wife goes to bed or kid goes to bed or whatever, and you can stay up as late as you want. There are many nights where one more game or the next <laughs> loss carries the three or four in the morning and yep. you regret it the next day. But yeah, no, that has been fun. It's kind of faded off now, but yeah, it has a little bit. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it, it was fun. And it, it, man, that is bizarre, though, because it was all mutual friends, right? So like, mm -hmm. I might have some buddies that I say, I tell to join us and you might do the same. And then you're right, you know, sometime post all of the shutdown, everything being closed off and not seeing people get together and hang out. I think we were, you're right. We were all out back at our place. And uh, I remember, I remember either you or Don, one of one of the other saying, hey, there's there's uh, Tyler is lucky. I think that's your name. Yeah. Or uh, there's there's Don Yu, and, and it's just kind of funny how that all worked out. But what a crazy time of life, man! It's wild. Yeah. Side note: If you watch a uh, Twitch Joe XB, you can watch us play on Tuesday nights some nights. So you got to look up Joe XB. Shout out Joe XB. That's big time. Uh, yeah, Joe B, you deserve the shout out. What up, man? So, subscribe, whatever, all that. I don't know what that means. I do it for free, so. Yeah, yeah, no, me too. That's good stuff. Uh, I think there's something about an Amazon Prime membership. Yeah, you can get I'm, a, like I'm a founder. Got a founder's badge. Love that. That's big time, dude. So. You should frame that. <laughs> uh, so, okay, here's the deal. I'm going to do a little bit of a hard pivot for us. So um, one thing that we haven't hit on yet as we kind of transition into a little bit more about Tyler um, I think you have a really interesting job, Tyler, and you've done it for a while now, and I think you're really, really good at it. Um, I'm not sure if that's true or not, because I don't really know your field that well, but you seem good at it. Um, can you tell the audience a little bit, just high level, about what you do for work? And then I want to use that as uh, a way for me to share something that I've noticed about you. Sure. Um, yeah, so outside of school, I had uh, decided that I didn't want to do the traditional industrial engineering route. I had a bunch of internships kind of mostly like in factories as like a process engineer, or manufacturing engineer, or whatever. And what I realized when I was doing all that is I love the process of starting from kind of nothing and getting a product at the end and everything that it takes to do it and the design of it and figuring out how to make it and make it efficient and learning about that entire process, whatever it is. But the problem is if you're normally the place I worked at, at least the engineering offices are inside the factory in on the factory floor. And so in the winter, you go in there at 7 a.m. The sun really isn't up and you leave at five or six and the sun is already down. And I just found myself needing some sunlight to be outside, mm -hmm. to be a little bit more active. Uh, I think I'm a people person. I love I love people. Um, I want as many friends and relationships as possible and to have 
lots of different connections. And uh, one way that my current job, which transitioned now, I was blessed with an opportunity to kind of join in the starting of a construction manager role. So the company I work for is out of Ames and we design, build and manage apartments. So my day to day is building apartment complexes, uh, clubhouses that are on those, deal with pools, lots of, you know, side structures, if you will. Uh, this last year in the derecho went through, I know last week you had talked about that yeah. on your podcast yep. and we had a complex in Ames or in Ankeny that just got pummeled by it. So I spent this last winter, uh, kind of restoring that, putting it back together. So that was an interesting process and got to deal with kind of the financial side of that one where traditionally I just, I manage the project being built. So, uh, if it needs to be done, I hire the person or fire the person. Uh, I'm the guy with the plans and everyone's phone number and I make the schedule and coordinate everything and deal with all the inspections and yeah, kind of get those, those complexes built. I'm the primary contact for a couple of different job sites. And then a, a frustrating part of my job lately is I'm a little bit playing maintenance man for all of our different locations because I have the contacts to figure out, you know, if something is broken and you can't really repair it, you need to get a new one. And so, but yeah, my day to day is I'm on the phone a lot. I am sifting through details to make sure things are constructed properly, dealing with engineers and our architect and everyone from, you know, my guys that work for me directly that we do our landscaping and they, I have guys that sweep floors for me and stuff all the way to uh, dealing with, you know, my boss who would be the project manager who, you know, I submit plans to the city and deal with the city and make sure permits are paid and everything's inspected so that people can eventually live in these things. So, yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. And you touched on something there. Uh, you mentioned just even to be successful, right? You got to hire guys and you got to fire guys. Um, and so that's a perfect segue into something I've noticed about you. And it's something I noticed when I, uh, so I feel like a lot of my memories in our friendship were actually riding in your truck and hearing you answer the phone <laughs> or even calling you and yeah. you're in a skid loader. And I'm like, geez, Louise, can you call me in 10 minutes when you're <laughs> <Yeah>. done? <laughs> you got to multitask. Yeah. Yeah. No. And it's, it's just, it, it's something I've, I truly have noticed about you is you're one of the nicest guys I know. So if you, for those of you in the audience that know Tyler, I, I think we could all agree. Tyler is the first guy that will line up to help you do something if you need something. Uh, no better example than a couple months ago when I was a, an idiot and at five o'clock on a Saturday, I called Tyler and said, I want to remodel our bathroom and I want it done like this weekend. And he said, I'll be right over. I'll meet you and, and we'll figure out what the vanity needs are. We'll figure out what, what we need for hardware and uh, what the, the ceiling fan vent situation is and all this stuff. And I probably just butchered everything I said, but whatever. Um, and you did it and we didn't get it done by Sunday, but you came back Monday and you came back Tuesday because you knew my wife would love to have a bathroom that was finished and didn't look like a construction zone. So I would just say that Tyler is the first person to be generous with his time, resources, everything to, to care for people. But what I've noticed about you is that it's not just that. I mean, that is Tyler, but on the work side, that wouldn't make a very successful person in your role. Like it just wouldn't, right? Because you'd get walked all over mm -hmm. and guys wouldn't get the job done. And so 
you can crack the whip a little bit on the phone. And that's what I've noticed about you. So I'm curious in your job and, you know, wherever else it applies in life, how do you balance all that? Yeah. So I think I've learned, man, I had a, I was drinking from a fire hydrant when I started this job because I didn't go to school or, oh, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> I, you, you were kind enough to save best looking or best hair for someone else. So we talked about that and I said, those can pass, but sure, yeah, if you don't know good. me, I'm bald. So, um, <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, so I learned in this, in my job, it's kind of like, you know, a marriage, right? It's communication. So if you communicate expectations and you're clear about that, and if people are open to having conversation with you and, uh, and discussing their needs, you guys can come to a mutual agreement on when something should be done or not done. And uh, I shouldn't have expectations if I've never communicated them. And so if I've never communicated with them, I don't get mad at someone. I'm, I'm nice. I apologize. I'm, I'm friendly. I try to be understanding. But if we've had the same conversation 10 times and you're getting paid to do something and you're missing the mark, I do not feel bad. For you, I don't care if you're there late because I'm there late. I don't care if you're there early because I'm there early. Weekends, nights, whatever. Um, it needs to get done. And that's your that's your responsibility. That's your job. And just because it's three o'clock doesn't mean that you can, you know, negate your responsibility. And so I uh I try to be someone on my job site that people can can talk to, can trust, can can seek any type of help, whether it's our job plans, whatever, or like personal relationships, right? Mm. Cause at the end of the day, everyone on my job sites, they have a life, they have a family, they, you know, we, we work to live traditionally, you know, generally you don't live to work. And so I don't want them to dislike coming to work. We're all a team. And, uh, if I can love that person well and get my job done, that's what I want to do. And if, uh, it takes a little bit of tough, tough love or, you know, sometimes I've, had to talk to grown, you know, 55 year old bearded tattooed men like they're five years old because they're acting like a five year old and they don't like, they don't like it when, you know, the little kid, cause what am I? 27. I'm 27. When I started this, I was 23, 27, yeah. right? Yeah. And I think they so. yeah, I think yeah. Think they don't, they don't like it. You know, when a little kid, you know, respectively is telling them what to do mm -hmm. and I think over the last couple of years, I've learned how to go about that at a, in a way where they understand that, you know, they have a job to do and there's an expectation. If they don't meet it, they deserve a little bit of, uh, you know, kicking in the rear and guys that perform all the time. I do my best to sing praise and tell them thank you and do what I can to help them out. And, uh, yeah, I don't know if I answered your question. Yeah, really, but. no, it's great. And I think even um, as I think about you and a little bit of your story, and I, this is fun for me, Tyler, because I'm even just, as you were giving that answer, I'm sitting here thinking about this. You were nervous as all get out to come in the door and start having this oh, yeah. conversation. This isn't in your you know, you know know realm of comfort, per se. Uh, first of all, you're killing it. You're doing a great job. But also, I just think it's funny because um, this is what this is why I was excited to start this whole thing was like, I really think that my friends have cool stories. I really do. And I think that you're a really good example of that. Of a, and that's just, we're going to transition a little bit to how you grew up. Because I think even in the answer you just gave, that's probably heavily influenced by how you're raised, the, mm -hmm. the environment you were in growing up, 
Um, I know you have a really good relationship with your dad and just how that's influenced the way that you treat people and things like that. So I, I just want to say that I think that's really cool. Um, and, it, and I have noticed that about you, the way that you balance the grace and care for people with, hey, man, sometimes the best love is tough love. And this is what you're going to get right now because you're not getting the job done. And I've been privileged enough to uh, hear those conversations <laughs> in the in the car before. So. Uh, so speaking of which, let's transition a little bit. Let's talk about how you grew up because I think that probably does have an influence on who you are today in a pretty significant way, just like it would for all of us. And so uh, I'm curious if you can tell me a little bit about growing up in the small town of Earlham, Iowa, for the most part, um, about your parents and just your, your family influence and what you learned from them. And then, and then ultimately, um, I'd love to learn a little bit about uh, dating your now wife for a really, really long time. And basically, I mean, I've heard you say this before. You've basically, you don't really remember a time without Emily in your life. I mean, uh -huh. not, not super well, right? So I think that's really unique and uh, part of your story for sure. So curious if you'd expound upon that a little bit. Yeah, you're gonna be my friend and remind me as we go down this, you yeah, know, sure. those questions, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. so um, that or give me a piece of paper. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Earlham. Uh, we had 50 or 52 in my graduating class. It was good. Uh, you know, probably 75, 80% of those kids, I started out in kindergarten in the same building, went all the way through graduation. Um, small little town, but close enough to Des Moines where you can kind of go and it's a commuter town, get whatever you need in town. And my family ate out a lot. My mom worked a lot. So I frequented a lot of restaurants something that you know in marriage I've had to learn is you don't eat out all the time which is what my family did uh but yeah Earlham was good we lived kind of right next to the school um I graduated in 2012 I think and uh yeah just growing up my house was kind of the the central point my parents were super loving super accepting people could they wanted their house to be the one that people came out to came over to hang out at because my dad could kind of control the environment know what i was getting into uh he was always just after protecting my heart and protecting my sister's hearts um and he uh yeah so he just provided an environment that was fun to be around all my all my friends loved him he was the type of dad that if we're out there doing something stupid, he's probably out there doing something stupid with us. I can remember uh, when when we were remodeling this house, we had a ton. Our backyard used to be like a gravel parking lot, and they you know took a foot of dirt off our whole backyard. But for a summer, my dad left all this dirt in the backyard, and we had access to a skid loader. And at the time, I raced dirt bikes and downhill BMX, and so. Uh, the neighborhood kids, we all loved to ride and jump bikes. And so in the middle of town was like a big BMX park. And every, you know, every couple of weeks he'd go grab the skid loader and make a new, uh, you know, a new jump line or whatever. And um, we would just ride that, ride dirt bikes in the middle of town. I mean, you, and you could kind of get away with it there, but uh, especially on Sundays because Earlham didn't have a police officer on Sundays. So... <laughs> Uh, you kind of knew what you could do and not do. Uh, but yeah, we would, you know, we had a couple different trampolines where you kind of jump back and forth of them and play slam ball is what we called it. And uh, and then as I got older, I, I got into and still love to skateboard. Uh, I haven't done it very recently, but I love it. And the closest skate park was in Urbandale and I didn't like to go there all the time to skateboard. So we'd skateboard around town and 
uh, Earlham's concrete kind of sucked. So you kind of figure out the good spots and the bad spots and uh, a crack in the concrete was like a cuss word or a rock was like a cuss word in town. It's just, you know, there were spots where cracks would just kind of screw you over and when you're riding and you know, that was the worst. But uh, yeah, so my, my garage was the Earlham skate park. My dad, you know, he, he wouldn't make me uh, use my brain to get what I want and try to make me use, you know, as much scrap material as I could. Our friends own the hardware store. So kind of any scrap wood or whatever we could always get from there. And so my dad would kind of make me figure out how to hodgepodge all of my stuff together, whether quarter pipe, half pipe, boxes, rails, whatever, banks, whatever it is. And then he would always buy me that like final top sheet of wood, which made it smooth and skatable. And uh, that's one way that he loved us. But then he also would be out there learning how to drop in on a skateboard with us. Like he, I dropped in the first time, man, which is a big, just a big moment in a mm-hmm. skater's life is because, you know, it hurts when it doesn't go well. And I, in my garage, hanging on to my rafter is kind of, because one quarter pipe was set into the garage wall and you could kind of drag the other one out in the driveway and just sitting there and just staring at it. And my dad just encouraging me along. And then he's like, I'll do it if you do it. And he learned how to drop in with me. And uh, we had, because my house was the one where everyone hung out, uh, on the back wall of our garage, we had an American flag hanging, but then kind of like behind the motorcycles and all the bikes and all this stuff were a bunch of random broken things nailed to the to the studs on our garage back wall. And it was the wall of shame. And if you broke something at our house, it got hung up on the wall for people to see. <laughs> so there were like pool sticks and cabinet doors and skate decks. And there's a broken window, like pain kind of like hanging on the, but it was, it was just a place where after school guys come over you know, send out a text or whatever as we got older and had phones, like guys come over and uh, hang out. We had in our third floor of our house, which is like kind of a crappy, it was a super old house, but crappy little attic space. But uh, since my dad, my dad was a pastor, we had this super old projector. It's actually the first projector in the town of Erlon because when he moved in, when he moved in from California, he came to this little uh, Erlon Church of Christ and he's like, we need a projector, got to do PowerPoint or whatever and bought it. And then as they got new ones, we had the old one up on our third floor and I, ha- I played Xbox and Xbox Live on this like 10 foot projector screen. And we kind of took these old crappy couches and made like theater seating. And you'd at night, I'd play up there in my boxers because it's 110 <laughs> degrees up there. But like that's where, you know, we had the setup. And um, but I guess, yeah, like in all that, I learned uh, to use my resources and to to kind of be creative and to use my brain, I think. I learned statics at a young age by trial and error, which is like forces on still bodies. If I remember that correctly, I don't know, but that has kind of helped me in my process to kind of be able to look at something as far as like structural goes and uh, understand a little bit of how the forces act on it and if it'll work or not work, you know, like you seen the movie hot rod where the ramp falls apart and jumps on it. Like it's kind of stuff like that. That was me when I was, you know, 10 or whatever, but, uh, but yeah, so that was, um, that was good growing up there. And I, uh, I guess with kind of who I am, I credit that a lot to, uh, Jesus. Um, and he's just changed my life and, um, yeah, he's a good dude. And then, uh, my dad just week in and week out pointing me to Mm -hmm. him. Um, he is, I'm going to cry, man. (laughs) Um, yeah, no, my, my parents are just, um, super loving um yeah they love jesus and 
I got to every week, you know, as an expectation, you're at church, you stay at a friend's house Saturday night, you're at church on Sunday, don't care where you are. And that was an expectation. And um, to kind of live your life above approach, above, above approach, above approach, I don't remember right now. But, uh, above approach. Above approach, you know. right? Yeah. And so, um, but anyways, just kind of walking walking through that and getting to watch my dad, um, who's a small town pastor, the only employee at this church of, at one point, you know, a couple hundred people and kind of ebbs and flows in a small town. But uh, he's just, he's just faithful. Uh, he's a good dude. He is someone that I want to be like, strive to be like. Um, and he was that way because my grandpa, um, grandpa was a good dude. And so we, yeah, just as kids, you know, watched our parents carry themselves in a way that um, was uh, pointing towards Jesus. And I strive to uh, be like Jesus and be like my parents. Uh, hmm. And that has been um, just an awesome experience because all along, you know, my, I used to, my dad used to give me Bible verses and as I memorized them, I could earn a reward. Right. So I remember wanting pegs on my Huffy bike, <laughs> which I don't know why I wanted pegs so bad, but because the Erlentown cop, when they were working would stop you and say, that's not safe. And they go around the corner and then you keep going. But <laughs> I remember like earning bike pegs because I memorized like the fruit of the spirit or something like that. Right. But uh, that was just kind of my childhood is my dad. Uh, he, he lived out what mm. Jesus called him to do and he still does. And uh, he's now a pastor over in Leclerc or well, it's across the border. They live in Leclerc, but it's on the Mississippi side or the Illinois side of the Mississippi, right? Uh, right on the interstate there. And, um, yeah, my parents were uh, just the type of parents that if they weren't getting along, it was kids go downstairs, we got to figure it out. They talk it out. Uh, when there was turmoil between my sisters and I, it was sit at the table, have a conversation. We don't yell. We don't fight. We don't hit or touch each other. We we talk about it. And if you're wrong, you apologize. And if you're in the right, you accept their apology because mm. that's what Jesus did for you, you know? And, uh, but yeah, that was um, just really good growing up in that household and uh, just experiencing grace. Um, this weekend we had my nieces and nephew over and um, I'm now a dad of a three month old Cooper B Allison. Um, and he's a lot of fun. We'll get there, but uh, I haven't really done any parenting, right? Cause the kid just kind of eats and sleeps and drools right now. <laughs> um, but, uh, but I got to do somewhat parenting with my older nieces and nephew this weekend and going through that, just thinking about how I was raised and, you know, the expectations placed upon me. And, uh, yeah, it was, uh, I kind of now realized, you know, looking back that my dad was setting me up for success and he let me learn the hard way a lot, but he was always there to, you know, coach me through when I, you know, when I screwed up and, um, yeah. And my mom just worked really hard and, uh, was a good wife to my dad and a good mom and just loving and all my friends still give her hugs and they see her and, uh, yeah, that was, yeah, it was good growing up in Earl. It was, it's nice to be gone now. Um, I like, you know, having access to Poncheros, <laughs> you know, that's, that's pretty nice, you know, stuff like that. That's the one thing I loved about Ames probably the most is food and stuff was going on late at night. But yeah, that's why Super I, dogs. yeah, exactly. That's like, that's why I love Las Vegas. Everything's open all the time. It's just, everything's going, I'm go, go, go. And so. Uh, but yeah, so being away from Earlham is, is good, but it's fun to kind of go back there and kind of drive through, uh, through town and stuff and reminisce. I'm a pretty 
sappy person when it comes to it comes to nostalgia. So I love to sometimes I'll jump in on a motorcycle or in a little car that I have or whatever and just kind of go cruise and, and just think and Emily uh I guess we'll shift to Emily. Yeah. Man, I'm sorry. If you need to no, you just stop here, me if here's what's funny is you yeah. said you need a sheet of paper and you're about to get into three of three. So you're you're doing a great job. <laughs> yeah, there's still there's still time. Um yeah, so uh a byproduct of living in Earlham is there's you know, half the people are probably related, so then you have the other half to <laughs> that you can date. But since I'm from California, I didn't really have that, you know, uh that you know, cousin problem or whatever. So um yeah, so Emily Ray Janizer, as it was, uh caught my eye at the Madison County Fair. Even though, oh yeah, yeah, right. Even though we <laughs> went, you know, she's a year older than I am, um, so she's a cradle robber. And even though we grew up literally for, you know, whatever it was, twelve, fifteen, whatever years it was, I kind of knew who she was a little bit, but not really. And because she's older than me, and she's tall and skinny and super pretty and athletic and a state softball champion and all this stuff, and I'm some little chubby skateboarding <laughs> punk right like at the time you know i was kind of knew like yeah she's out of my league or whatever uh but we started dating when i was 15 years old i couldn't drive um and i started talking at yeah county fair randomly i was with one of my buddies there actually seeing another girl who i was wanted to date but she was from a different town and um but yeah emily we started talking and uh started dating that fall um, I was 15. She had just turned 17 a couple of days after we started dating. And now she's my wife. We got married when, oh man, I was barely 20 years old in college. Uh, couldn't drink, didn't drink at my wedding. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was, you know, a young pup when we started dating and she had to drive me to our job interview and the job that we worked at all through high school at fairway and they would always be kind enough to give us the same schedule. And, uh, we got, we've had the, a lot of fun opportunities in life. Like, uh, she was there when I got my license and, um, I was at her graduation and she was at mine and we both graduated college from Iowa state together and we've been married. And so we've got to do, uh, some kind of some fun life events together. Um, there is something to say about meeting your spouse young, uh, you don't have as many questions as some people might and you kind of know who they are. And so, yeah, we got, we got married, uh, May 23rd. I don't remember the year though. 20. Uh Oh man. 14 and 2014. Sorry. Two sorry, years, babe. Two years after you graduated. Yeah. I think, I think it's 2014. Yeah. yeah. She knows I'm terrible with dates, but, uh, but anyways, yeah. So that has been a joy. It is, it's, it's hard getting married young. I mean, we were married in college and, I didn't really get to live with the boys and do the college thing for a couple of years. I was married and had an apartment and my wife had a job and expectations of me and, you know, our house was clean <laughs> and everywhere else was not kind of deal. And yeah. so our, my friends would come over where it was clean and there was food and I would go over there when we wanted to smoke hookah somewhere. Right. <laughs> but those things didn't cross. But, uh, um, but yeah, it's been uh, a joy just to get to know her and to grow up with her and, uh, yeah, she's just kind of intertwined in most of my memories. My memory is not great, but, um, yeah, it is just kind of crazy to think about it. Cause we dated for four or 
four and a half years, got married. Now we've been married for seven, seven and a half, something like that. So um, we will cross the, you know, by the time that we're, I don't know, 35, 36, we'll have spent half our life together already, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And now we have uh, a son who's three months old, uh, born on May 6th, I think. And that was a just a crazy thing is she would have had a baby in college probably if we would if you know we would have agreed upon that but we didn't so I kind of held her off a little bit because I wasn't ready and uh frankly sometimes I wonder if I'm still ready but Cooper's here and we we love him a lot he's a good boy I'm thankful um yeah that God has just blessed us with a son he's a lot of fun he is kind of he has a little personality already. He's getting it. And I know that will just get more and more fun. He loves his mom a lot. That's been something that I've been trying to kind of wiggle my way into a little bit because he spends so much time with her right now. But yeah, that has been a learning process. Uh, him being born. I am not like a medical person at all. I was scared. I was going to pass out in the hospital. I was shaking. My worst fear. Yeah, man. She woke me up at Turns out she was in labor for like the whole day at work before that and didn't know. And because she'd never been pregnant, right? So she didn't know. But it's funny because she's like, oh, I guess I was in labor all day. So she is insane. She like is a superwoman. Yeah. And, holy cow. Uh, but yeah, so Cooper was born. She woke me up. We drove to the hospital in the middle of the night and uh, she made it a long way without any medicine or anything like that to help her on. And uh, she's just a champ. Um, she's a great, I don't know how you say this properly homemaker housemaker I don't know but she uh just really loves to be I guess wifely and motherly she's really good at it been doing it from a from a young age and um yeah just loves our son really well and cares for him mm -hmm. like crazy and kind of helps me learn how to hold a baby because I never changed a diaper until Cooper and I didn't do it until like an hour before he left the hospital because I was paying someone else to do it at the time so <laughs> why would I do that right um uh, but anyways, so, yeah, so just uh, we have a little family. Oh, I can't forget this. Uh, I have a puppy. His name's Murphy. Yes. Um, he is a good dang dog. Um, he comes to work with me every day, rides in my pickup, and is kind of the sight mascot, and everyone loves him. He's frequented the phrase house. Yeah. He When he knows he's here, he runs in the backyard and jumps in the little doggy door and zooms around, and he he loves it here. If you know him, he's, he's a really good dog, so... He, uh, yeah, it's been great. But. He, he, uh, he is the reason that Kelly and I will always struggle with and will likely never get a dog because we don't think we'll ever get a dog as good as Murphy. We've said that to about everybody who asks, you ever going to get a dog? Like, nope, because it won't be Murphy. So, yeah, Murphy's <laughs> Murphy's our buddy. Uh, yeah, you got a cool little family, man. It's pretty fun to see. And uh, I remember, gosh, I remember coming over to your apartment and thinking it was the coolest thing to get to go to like this married couple's place. But yet this dude's like still studying late at night, his wife's teaching, whatever. I mean, it just felt weird almost, but it was super cool at the same time. Um, so from that, which is when I really early on when I met you all the way up until uh, now, I mean, you've got a son, you have a dog, you're building a house, which is really sweet. Uh, tell us a little bit about building your own house because uh, I think that's a pretty unique thing about Tyler Allison. Yeah, so I work a lot and I work for 
a really generous company. They're, they're good to me. I'm friends with some of the people that are involved in that ownership and stuff. But, uh, one of my, one of my goals and personal accomplishments I would love is to, to build a house for my family and I, and I think that that's a good way that, uh, I can kind of help my family save a little bit of money. And so I embarked on this process kind of a long time ago now and have been working with my buddy, Kyle, who is our architect. And, um, yeah, he's been so good to us and he's really good at what he does. And we started a long time ago kind of thinking, how do we build a house that is relatively cheap, fits our needs. Uh, and we can, you know, I can gain a little bit of equity in the process by doing managing that myself, doing some of the work myself. And, uh, it has been something that has required some perseverance. I understand how stuff is built. It's another level when you have to go and pick out countertops and floors and cabinets and then deal with the money side of everything. And, uh, and then, yeah, it, you know, we're closing on our loan here this week and then, uh, breaking ground in September. And so that will be a project because of the newborn at home and, I have a bunch of buildings going up right now. I don't, I don't sleep that much. I work a lot, but this will be kind of the, the first like big step of like personal project that I will get to experience since I was building skateboard ramps. Basically I, uh, I, I think I accomplish a decent amount at work and a lot of stuff goes up and it's fun seeing buildings that people live in and, but it's, it's kind of for someone else, my job. And so this has, uh, you know, my heart attached to it and, it is fun and I, I don't mind working late, staying up late, working hard. And I have something to apply myself to outside of work right now. And my wife is super supportive of it. And, uh, it will be, yeah, a way that we can, uh, yeah, just move into a, to a home where we get to pick kind of what it looks like. And I have realized like if I had the brain and the skill set for it, I probably would have been some sort of design person or architect because you can't I don't have social media but I have Pinterest and it blows my mind (laughs) right what what people do and it's been it's been fun to kind of look and learn and think about how stuff is built and my my brain is always running on what is the best way to do something the most efficient the fastest the cheapest and uh, yeah this is just kind of an outlet to where a little bit of personal gain for my family and I but a lot of fun that goes along with it a ton of learning uh getting asked questions, getting to, yeah, expand my abilities. And I think it'll be cool to, you know, in four or six months from now, however long it will be to kind of look at this thing that from getting a construction loan, which is a ton of work to carry yourself. And they kind of vet you out pretty hard all the way through. Like I'll be the guy, you know, backfilling my foundation and final grading for my sod because I have, you know, that's one of the things that I can apply to this building process that will help it be a little bit cheaper. Um, it will be fun to kind of stand back and it'll be like a proud, a proud moment, uh, of accomplishment. Um, but yeah, I, if you're a designer out there, I want to make a little cash on the side. My wife knows what she likes. I know what I like, but I don't know how to do it in terms of what it looks like. And I'm doing my best to follow, uh, little design rules and stuff like that. And it's by no means you know, a a big, massive, super architectural home, but it has a little bit of character and it's pretty, it's pretty fun. But yeah, if you want to, if you know someone that wants a project, need something on their resume, 
get a hold of Elliot. He'll let me know. And I'd love to talk with you about what the inside of that will look like and doing some special stuff there. I'm, yeah, that's, but anyways, so that is what I'm working on now late at night when my wife and my kid are asleep and I can't sleep because my brain doesn't stop. <laughs> I do that or go on drives or go to work late and sit there and just think and ponder and, but yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's exciting. And I, uh, man, I'm excited for that moment too. The first time you have people over to check out your new pad and have a little bit of party, it'll be fun. And I know you've been thinking about it for a long time and there's been all sorts of ups and downs with loan stuff and try it just, I mean, everything, it, it just, it takes a lot of work. So Price is going up. It's been yeah, crazy. Yeah. yeah. It's a wild time to do it. So yeah, man, I'm excited for it. Um, okay, here, here's the deal. I feel like we've learned a lot about you, which is good. Uh, I think one way that the audience can get to know our friendship a little bit is just for us to uh, recount our stories a little bit together. So um, one of the things that I asked you to do before you came here tonight was think of like your top, you know, three to five memories of our friendship. Because um, we have, uh, candidly, we have a lot of them, right? Like I think yeah. as soon as you say that stuff, st at least for me, stuff started flooding in. So, and even uh, it's funny because I've written down two more since we've started this podcast that I'm like, how could I forget that that, that has to be shared? Um, so I think we agreed maybe the best route to do this is for you to share the, the few that you thought of first and it all eliminate them from my thinking if, uh, if, if we cross over, but I have a feeling we might have some unique stories and then I'll go ahead and share what came to mind for me. Yeah. Um, I think probably one thing that Elliot and I refer to, uh, very often is our sleeping on a wet couch <laughs> together. We were in Omaha one time and our buddy Casey was like, dude, this is the best hotel in the world. It's, amazing it's super cheap price line this and that we get there and it is like they intentionally made it moist in there <laughs> it was horrendous and so yeah exactly yeah it used to be it used to be a holiday in and whatever you know and now it's an exarbon sweets yeah casey i know you're gonna listen to that sorry to interrupt you tyler but casey i know you're gonna be listening to this and i just want you to know man you can never never book a hotel that used to be something else ever again <laughs> yeah yeah so we were there and uh i don't like to sleep in beds with someone that's not my wife i would rather sleep on the floor and whenever we have bachelor parties or whatever i bring my own air mattress sleeping bag <laughs> and i sleep by myself in a closet or a corner because i like my space and then i wake up and dolch throws me a bush light and that's how those go right but, you know, in Colorado, I've slept in a closet while we're out there skiing and stuff like that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I had to, not everyone in the group was married. So we kind of did the whole split up spouses thing and stuff. And we get back home from a late night at Haraz and uh, <laughs> Harris, the casino, right? We called Haraz. And uh, Ellie and I go to have this little pullout couch and this little sweet thing and we lay down on this couch and the bar is in your back and the springs are broken and who knows what's happened in that room right and the only thing that we can we kind of look at each other and it's literally the bed is like moist it was that humid in there and it was so late and we were so tired and we were laughing so hard because <laughs> the bed literally is wet. And so we always refer to, you know, sleeping on a wet couch. And oh, my yeah, gosh. Yeah. So usually the joke is, did you bring your spray bottle? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jeez. 
Right. Uh, that's good. Uh, I love it. Okay, so I, let, let's alternate a little bit. Can mm-hmm. we do that? Mm-hmm. I, I think that's a good a good route to go. So uh, here's one that actually came to mind as we were in the middle of the podcast tonight, uh, and this was when uh, you you mentioned your job and and the uh, the ability to experience some pretty cool things because of who you work for and things like that. And the owner of your company happens to own a really beautiful golf course, so we get a chance to go every once in a while play it, and it's been a, a cool experience. But uh, I'll never forget, and maybe I'll get in trouble for saying this. <laughs> Didn't think that through, but uh, the 18th hole is long. It's the longest golf hole I've ever seen in my life. Oh, this story is pretty. I know where you're going. So yeah. I think we're okay. And, so. uh, and Tyler, you know, uh, for a long time, the first couple of years I knew him, anytime we'd golf, he was notorious for pulling out uh, his pink driver. It was a, it was a, it was, it was a, it was a five wood. It was a pink. Taylor made five wood. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it was like, if you're a golf fan, you've seen Bubba Watson and the, and the pink driver. Yeah, I mean, like the it, breast cancer awareness club. Yeah. 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 I mean, it is hot pink and keep in mind again, we're at a beautiful course that is like rated number one in the state. One of the best, you know, courses and, and really in the country, I think it's made a lot of lists. It's, it's pretty phenomenal. Uh, so it's not just your average Joe playing out there. And so Tyler, who's relatively average Joe, <laughs> This is a long time ago, by the way. Like it was a, a long, long time. It was, it was pre-job, Ty- I think. So. It was pre-job, actually. Tyler Tyler hits uh, just a total shank, which <laughs> which probably led us off into two other shanks for myself and Casey. <laughs> and lo and behold, Tyler decided in that moment he was done with the pink club, and he just launched this thing towards the body of water that was immediately to our right, what they called uh, uh, Lake Harvester was the, the name of this body of water. And... Uh, this club, I think it had to have perfectly caught a boulder <laughs> with the head of the club because I'll be darned if that pink shaft of that five wood stood straight up out of that water. And it was it was as if the club was laughing at Tyler saying, yeah, that was a really dumb decision. And I'll just never forget uh, driving down the fairway and the whole time looking back thinking that club's got to fall in the water it's got to fall in the water and i i don't know how long it stayed that way tyler but it was positioned pretty perfectly with a pink shaft hanging out of the water so that's that's one of my favorite memories of uh, hanging out with you especially from a golf course yeah that was i don't get really angry like i that wasn't really out of anger it was more of just like i've never done this before and so i just threw it yeah, and they did land stick up, and my heart sank. I was like, "Oh no, I got to go get that now." Yeah, and then it was still not there, you know, or it's still there somewhere, but it's not sticking up. So yeah. it might be there, it might not. It's I a don't treasure. Know. Maybe someday they'll drain it for some reason, right. and uh, and they'll find it. All right, your turn. Oh yeah, yep. Um, so I think a a cool. Okay, we were talking about this a little bit earlier. I uh, I like the ski and snowboard. Uh, I love it, and in college. Buddies, we get a massive group. I like to, whenever I do something, if you're out there and you're my friend, you know, like the more the merrier. I don't care who you are. The more the merrier, let's have fun. And so in college, we'd get a bunch of guys together and go out and ski in Summit County, go to Breckenvale and Keystone and all those places. And we'd always rent kind of a pretty big house out there and uh, get a big group rate and stuff. Well, this was the first one of these trips out of the bunch of them that we did that Elliot came along on. Right. And my favorite part about Elliot skiing is, you know, it's Elliot because his helmet's like slightly crooked and his goggles are crooked the other way. And he just looks like a goon. Anyways, so he's got these skis that he wraps up in 
in plastic because he thinks they're the nicest things in the world and they're an average ski, right? But anyways, uh, yeah. and so I got him waxed before the trip. Though. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, anyway, so we're on the Peak Eight Super Connect at Breck, and this lift kind of goes up the hill halfway, halfway drops down to where you can. Get, I don't know if you can get off, but if you can get on that point to go up the rest of the half, and so. Elliot, before we went out, he was like, he always does this on trips. He goes out and he kind of gets something new or something special for the trip. And that makes him feel good about going on the trip or whatever. <laughs> well, this time it was ski poles and he was stoked and he bought what Shields had and, you know, Shields selection, especially in Iowa, isn't that great? But he bought some decent, nice, pole, nice poles and he's stoked because they probably match his crooked helmet and his skis. <laughs> and so we're, we're riding together. It's probably day two or something like that. And we're going to this middle portion of this lift to where you kind of go down and you get really low to the ground so someone else could hop on your lift or an open lift if there's room, right? And Elliot, <laughs> Elliot, we, we go down to this lower portion, okay? And they tell you, like, pick your knees up. Don't point your skis down, blah, blah, blah. And we're like, yeah, we'll never be those people. So we're talking or and all of a sudden Elliot's sitting on my left. And we go through this low section and we get up the hill a little bit and he just looks over at me and he picks up his poles into the air and they're just bent in half. And he had forgot to pick his poles up. I got and my skis up. Yeah, he got his skis up. They're these brand new pretty poles. He just picks them up and they're literally just bent in half. And he's like. Well, I guess these are broken, and I just remember laughing just absolutely so hard because he had was so proud of these poles that he bought, and, and he was that guy there. So, and I probably spent all my food service dining money that I had made the weeks prior uh, to buy. Right, them. exactly. So I, one thing that I do remember about that, um, I'm glad you remember that because I forgot that story. But one thing I do remember is thinking that. Because I'm a business major, I thought I could somehow twist them back so they'd work. And the first thing that happened when I tried to pull them back is they just snapped into spears. So I had four spears, and I stabbed them in the top of the mountain, and I just said, all right, that's it. That's yeah, all. I think we just left them there. Yeah, it was bad. Good story. Uh, okay, so here's one that I had. Um, I don't know if you remember this, but one time I think I – called you this is when we first met so you referenced you know that discipleship group thing so i feel like we were just getting to know each other at this point and i think we were hanging out once after group one morning week because we met early in the mornings and we're like let's go find a place to study or something and as we were studying i was like dude i need a haircut so bad like my oh. hair my hair is bad and i don't really want to spend money but i need a haircut and you're like well, i'll cut your hair mm -hmm. <laughs> so we went back to friley i think you lived in friley right yep godfrey yeah, went back to Friley and uh, went in this dungeony bathroom, just like dark and and it, it just kind of felt like a horror film. But you stood behind me and you just shaved my head because you, you didn't. You yeah, the floors got fancy. stickier throughout the year. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that type of place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That sounds like Larch Kane to me. <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, it, it was. Uh, that's just a vivid memory I had is I didn't have to pay for a haircut because Tyler was willing to give one to me uh for free except i i think that was maybe the last time we did that I, yeah it was one length yeah <laughs> it was looked, just a straight wrap. Yeah, yeah it looked really good but you know that's how i used to cut my hair i just i just buzz it at a two guard or whatever it is and then the one day i did it and i looked in the mirror and like uh oh i'm gonna look like my dad i'm losing hair yeah no that's uh that's that's what i remember is that it was there was nothing fancy about it but um 
you just kind of kept cruising and eventually I had one length of hair around and it worked. So, right. Um, we can do a couple more of these. Yeah, please. Yeah, is that good? Yeah. Um, sorry. I'm, I'm looking over here because believe it or not, uh, at that time when you cut my hair, I had a MacBook pro and that is the computer we're using right let's now. Let's go. To, That's to a good computer. This. And, uh, it just popped up a pop-up that made no sense. And I didn't know if we just lost everything. So yeah, had a, a minor heart attack. Go ahead with your next story, Tyler. Yeah. So we've, you know, with the fun, there's been the bad. So one time our, so our wives, Kelly and Emily, they teach at the same school. And, uh, every now and then, like all the teachers get together and go do fun stuff. <laughs> and, I'm not a big go out type person. I'd rather sit and hang out with friends or play golf or whatever. Right. But the girls, like the, a bunch of the, I think it was for school. They kind of all got together and went out to dinner and maybe we're on a party bus or something like that. I don't remember, but I had this BMW X five SUV that my wife drove, which is oh. since, which is since now totaled. But this thing was a lemon. And one night, like Elliot and I, I think we were going down there to like pick our wives up and at the end of their night and we went down there and maybe met a yeah. couple people down there. I don't remember who we met, but we were trying to is when we were parking when this all happened. Yeah. Anyways, this car just gives up. It was you remember how cold it was? It was yeah. like negative was 30 winter. It was miserable outside. So it's late at night. We're downtown Des Moines and my car is like broken on the side of the road and it won't even do anything. And Elliot that night helped me wait for a tow truck and get it up onto this tow truck and pick me up at the, uh, the maintenance or the, uh, the mechanics place over somewhere and, uh, just kind of did all this loop. And I'm not kidding. By the time that we got all this taken care of and got our wives who were not themselves probably at that moment, (laughs) they, uh, yeah, it was probably like three in the morning by the time we got home, but he, he was a good friend. He, Stood there in the freezing cold with me while this guy came and uh, yeah, at one point we're just standing in the middle of the road and my car is just stuck. I think we had to push it and he was just there for that and now that car is gone. But it was, uh, that was a funny time of just like, I think it was a moment in my life where it was one of those, oh great, now this. Like other things were going wrong, other stuff was breaking, I don't remember. But I just remember like being like, I... I'm so thankful that I'm down here with my buddy and he has a car. I don't even know you. We rode together. I thought though, maybe, maybe we didn't, but I think I Ubered home or something and brought and got your car. But I don't know. It was crazy. I I just, it was, I was just thankful for my friend in that moment in time. So that that's good, man. I remember when that, it kept saying like shutting down is your car looked like a computer that was like, or an Xbox that had the red rings of death. It kind of just like, powered down yeah uh, yeah that was that was interesting um okay how about one more from each of us you Deal. good with that Deal. so uh this is a more recent one and honestly i think it's my favorite memory of all time with my buddy tyler so we mentioned earlier you know covid wasn't the greatest like it kind of it kind of stunk and actually i'm hoping you share a different covid story um but i i had uh I'm a big Iowa State football fan. I'm kind of crazy. I think my friends probably are like, yeah, it's a little over the top. Um, but I just want to go on every road trip that Iowa State plays because I think it's fun to visit college towns and just go do do the whole thing, right? And during COVID, there was really only one opportunity to do that because of how they were limiting fans and things like that. And the only place that you could get into a limited capacity stadium 
Lawrence, Kansas, where nobody goes to games because they hate watching football there because it's so bad. And so um, two years prior, I had convinced Kelly to drive down early on a Saturday morning to go to that game with me. And she was miserable. Like it was, she did not like it. It was not fun for her. Um, so I try, I didn't try and do that this time around. So I called Tyler and I said, dude, I'm depressed. I'm sick of sitting in my house. I'm sick of not going to football games this year. I miss it. I need to go. And it couldn't go to Ames cause I couldn't get a ticket. Mm-hmm. So I just said, I got to go to Kansas and I'm going by myself if nobody goes with me, but I'd love if you join me and Tyler, I mean, I don't even think I'd finished asking and he was like, yep. What time are you picking me up? So uh, we drive down and we decided that uh, we're married men. We are very, very blessed to have awesome wives and families. And, and, you know, uh, we've graduated from this stage in our life, but we did decide that it was going to be a bachelor weekend for sure. And so we went down, we went to this game and then we, you know, spent the rest of the weekend in Kansas City. Uh, there are two things that stand out about this weekend to me. The first was when I had told you how bad it was to watch a football game at Kansas. Oh, man. And and you, I think, understood, but uh, you needed to see it for yourself. And I'll never forget, this would be, you know, I hope that, uh, I hope that if you go before me, which I hope that doesn't happen, but if you go before me, I will tell this story at your funeral. And it's that we got into this stadium that's just a dump. Memorial Stadium's terrible. And the very first thing you said as we start going up this concourse to our seats was, <laughs> you know, this kind of looks like the Adel pool. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's bad. And all I could think was, gosh, that's a perfect comparison. I've never been to the Adel pool, but I can only imagine it looks just like this. Just like weird, concrete, disgusting structure. Yeah. So uh, that was the first thing. The second thing that I remember is we eventually got back to Kansas City and we needed barbecue. So we went down to the plaza, had barbecue at Jack Sacks, my favorite spot. And we saw scooters. And that's where our love for scooters just evolved and uh to this day the the one person i'd love to go find scooters with and just ride around a big city with yeah not the coffee scooters not that sorry the little bird or lift or whatever they are scooters the ones you ride that's exactly right and so uh tyler and i saw these scooters and we're like well we're in the plaza and we really want to drive to power and light which is like not close it's like four miles away and we did a round trip. And I remember that my total cost was almost $50 for using that scooter. Mm-hmm. Best $50 I've ever spent in oh, my yeah. life. We had a blast. We were middle of downtown Kansas City traffic. Yes, it was it was COVID, but it was a weekend. It still had cars out, going out to eat and stuff like that. And we were just ripping scooters, man. Oh, yeah. And I, I'm not terrible at things with wheels or boards or stuff <laughs> like that. And so, like... I like to go downstairs and jump off stuff and whatever. And those things are, it's sweet because as long as you don't break it, you know, you kind of can go get another one if that one's <laughs> acting a little bit funny, right? And so, but uh, yeah, that was, that was good. We won all of our bets that weekend. So yep. Iowa State, you know, good teams win, great teams cover. That's right. So Iowa State's a great team. They covered. Absolutely. Um, and it was a lot. It was a lot. We smoked them. And then we, we met those guys that you were, Elliot likes to, you know, <laughs> He loves Iowa State and he likes the chirp people, loves the chirp people. And so, but that always turns into friendship and he's like yelling at these guys, chirping them. And then we end up going and getting a beer with them. And then they were all playing these dumb little games or whatever. And we just kind of sat there and then it got to a point where we're looking at each other like, 
yeah, how do we leave? Like, we want to leave. (laughs) And so, yeah, so we did that. And uh, we started the morning at whatever the top of that hotel was, um, just looking out over the stadium. That was was pretty fun. Played some golf. That was was good. Uh, Made some money that night at the casino. That was, that was a good trip, but yeah, just ripping scooters, man. I love it. And I could, even when we were in Minneapolis, which that'll be my, uh, my next one is, um, we're in, yeah, I'll finish with this one. Uh, well, there was a time we met Kyle Hendricks. Yeah. I had that. Actually that was, on my that list. was kind yeah, of fun. Yeah. We, our wives and I were in St. Louis and we watched Cubs play and Hendricks pitched that night. And, uh, we, no one we were at this like rooftop bar thing like at the end of the game just kind of seeing the city and Hendrix was up there just chilling with his family and because it was in st louis no one knew who he was and he looks like the most ordinary dude and we just kind of look at each other like dude that's him so i think you bought him a beer and yeah. we just talked to him for a while and that was pretty cool bottom um, bud light thanked him for the world series yep. yeah it was, it was good memory yeah but uh but mine goes you know so scooters so now wherever he goes, there's a scooter. He sends me a picture wherever I go. There's a scooter. Like <laughs> we just love to run those things. Right. But so we're a uh, couple, a couple months ago now we're up uh, at a bachelor party for our buddy, Matt Jordal. And I don't know if I've seen Elliot so like scared in my life, oh, especially man. for me. So we are, we went to a twins game uh, that night. And then I think we went, maybe got dinner somewhere. Or we went to like one little bar there and got like a drink of the night. And we uh, were sleeping in an Airbnb a couple miles away, but Minneapolis has these scooters that you can rent. And so, of course, I'm going to do that. And we ended up Sunday morning riding, getting coffee on those things, which is a blast. And you get to see the city and stuff. But this night, like Minneapolis had like kind of its, its, its downs lately. And we're in a part of the city that I thought was pretty pretty nice but a little bit sketchy especially it was a friday night is a little bit late not super it's before midnight not super late but my uh elliot and our buddy ryan who's also on the cover and i get these scooters and i'm pumped because the other guys decided to walk home but i'm like let's spend 50 bucks on scooters and go find a skate park or something let's have fun let's go ride around ride the boardwalk whatever so we get on these scooters and by the time we like find a scooter for everyone, if you've done it, you know what I'm talking about. You got to get one charge and the brakes got to be working really well so you can kind of skid around and run tires and stuff. But uh, so we are, we come up to this intersection, finally I'll have scooters and there's some sort of like altercation happening in this intersection. Turns out a couple weeks before we were there, like a couple dudes got shot there. Like I didn't know that, but people were telling us that and we're like kind of watching this happen and these guys like get out of this car and there are these these other dudes like walking in the intersection these guys get out in the car and it looks like they're gonna fight and we're just looking at each other like we should bounce like this but we got to go that way so we're just gonna kind of stay out of the way anyways nothing really happened but this car had left a couple of its passengers out on the road and then these other guys and they were probably they were really heavily intoxicated and who knows what the people in the car were but um anyways so that dissipated and I thought it dissipated and all of a sudden, you know, I'm, I like to just go, you know, pedal to the metal. Let's just run. So we get the crosswalk sign and I start blazing a trail across the intersection. And then uh, I get like a quarter of the way down this block and I look over and all of a sudden this 
car that had left a couple of passengers had pulled over into this parking lot and all five of these dudes had got out of this car and were walking over to these three guys that were super drunk that were there trying to fight in this intersection and we're just like innocent bystanders trying to stay out of the way just have fun like we've had like not a crazy night at all we just like went to dinner went to a twins game and you know and so we're just trying to just go ride scooters and stuff and i look over and this one guy has his hands up and the other two guys are kind of behind him and i see this guy that got out of the car take a swing at this drunk guy and just cold clocks him knocks him out the dude's laying on the ground bleeding everywhere nose is broken and then this car of people or this all these guys run back in their car and take off and my buddy Elliot and Ryan were back behind me and they kind of were watching this whole thing. And anyways, so they're like, let's get out of here, whatever, all this stuff. And I see this guy who his friends are just absolutely gone. Like he's laying on the ground, bleeding all over the concrete, super unconscious. I've never experienced this before. I don't like any of this stuff. And, but I love people and I see this guy needs help. And so I go over there, make sure he's breathing. I end up holding this guy's head off the ground, like making sure he doesn't choke on his blood or whatever. I don't even know if that's right or not, but it's kind of bleeding everywhere like crazy. He didn't come to for probably like two or three minutes. Like it was, I was feeling his pulse. Like I was, I was scared. He called the police or whatever. And anyways, all this happens, please come. We like say, okay, we're good. You know, these, these other two guys like gave me hugs. They were crying. Like I was holding this dude on the ground. But I didn't think anything of it. And then we start riding scooters again. And Elliot and Ryan are just kind of standoffish this whole time. And as we get going down, they're like, dude, that guy had his hands up because we think they had a gun on him. And we thought that you were going to get shot because you were conveniently right behind these people in where it would have been crossfire. And we were scared for our lives. And then I remember like being like, oh, I didn't even think of that. But I'd never seen, you know, my buddy Ryan or my buddy Elliot just like look at me like, oh, man, that was scary. And I didn't even realize it. But. That was that's just kind of a memory that now I'll never forget because it was wild. We, yeah, it, that was kind of wild. So I think I think the wild part for me, Tyler. I think I've told you this, but Cooper was born how many weeks before? Oh, three. Yeah, I mean it had just happened, right? And yeah. So in my mind, which is maybe dramatic, I really think in watching what how it played out, I don't think it was dramatic, and I think Ryan would say the same. Like it was pretty intense, pretty scary. Yeah. The only thing I could think of is. I want Cooper to know his dad for more than three weeks. And it was, it freaked me out. So I, I'm glad obviously nothing, uh, nothing more happened, but it was scary, man. And that was, uh, yeah, that was pretty, pretty nuts. Uh, okay. That's not the last story I thought you'd wrap up with. So I'm going to give one more uh, on the cheerful side. Yeah. On the cheerful side. My bad. So, that was uh, just wild. No, so, and that was recent. It's so a, it's a pretty profound one. And I think, uh, I remember we, <laughs> we both came home and we just, we had to decide like, how much detail would we give our wives? Cause we knew that they would <laughs> not love hearing that story, but uh, we, we obviously divulged all information and they forgave us for being really stupid. Yeah. But. It turns out Ryan was actually the guy who got hit and we're just not just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> yeah. was us. And then no, yeah, 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 yeah. I <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. Love you, Ryan. Yeah. Uh, shout out Ryan. Um, so yeah. Uh, last one. And uh, I know we're going long, but who cares? You know what? It's our podcast, right? We can yeah. do what we want. So um, COVID, uh, you, and I, I mean, this was well after people are starting to like get back together and stuff. I mean, it wasn't weird to go get together, but obviously the big group thing was still a little bit questionable. And so, uh, a group of us decided, you know, we all need to just get some friends together. And so there were about 10 of us maybe that got together at a buddy's apartment on a Wednesday night after work, everybody just kind of hung out. 
ordered some pizza and um, I don't know. I feel like you and I don't really fit in this camp, but they were doing a, like a whiskey tasting. Everybody brought like some different whiskeys and we yeah. can, we don't really know. I, at least I'll speak for myself. I don't really know what no, I'm tasting. But, we uh, got the Bebop give us blue label. Yeah. That was pretty nice. It was nice of him. Yeah. yeah. And, and it, it was cool to get to see some of the guys and just uh, catch up with some guys that you hadn't seen in a long time. And uh, yeah, it was a fun night. Just caught up and didn't really think a whole lot of it. And uh Come Sunday, uh, I went to church with my wife, and as I'm leaving uh, church to go have brunch with our friends who actually, uh, Lane and Maggie, who actually were going to tell us that they were pregnant at that brunch, uh, I got a text, and it said it was from one of our buddies who found out that you know he hadn't been feeling good, so he went and got a rapid test, and he tested positive for COVID. And so um, immediately, thankfully, was like, hey, we should not be doing brunch it stinks, but I want to be super careful. Thankfully, we we took the careful route, especially now knowing in hindsight that Maggie had just found out she's pregnant. So that's crazy. Um, but long story short, uh, go home, feeling fine. Well, literally that evening, like Sunday night, I started feeling kind of crappy. It was, it was kind of just like a rundown feeling and just kind of how I usually feel when I get sick. And come Monday morning, it was like, I'm sick. Like I've got something going on. Um, exhausted, short, shortness of breath was a real thing for me. And then I started not being able to taste anything. And I was like, oh no, this is, I've got it. This is real. So I ain't got tested. And right around that time I call you and I'm like, dude, I think I've got it. And you're like, yeah, I'm starting to feel really tired. Like I, and I might just didn't sleep well this weekend, but I feel like I'm starting to feel not great either. So you go get tested and mine comes back first and it's positive and yours comes back and it's positive. And we got wives that are teachers and we're like, geez, Louise, they got to go get tested because otherwise they can't teach. And they're, they're not happy with us because we got together with these friends and think maybe we brought it home and then all that, you know, whatever, all this stuff's going on. So Tyler and I just agreed that we were going to obviously quarantine at home, do our best to stay away from our wives so they could be safe and be safe at school and all this stuff. But we're way too social to just sit in a room for, for 10 days, right? So okay. what do we do? Well, once we both felt good enough to get out, Tyler came and picked me up in his little uh, BMW. It just says M on the back. That's all I know about yeah, it. Yeah, so it's a BMW M Roadster. It's a 2000. So it's a little bit more special version of the one that I got to drive in high school. It, so. it is pretty cool. And uh, Tyler just said, listen, I'm picking you up. And we're going to go drive. And it just felt weird at first. <laughs> These we didn't two- hold hands that much. <laughs> <laughs> he picked me up and I'll just, I'll never forget it because I think we drove for over two hours. Yeah. I mean, we just drove, we did, we looped the entire city and just, we did weaving in and out. And you wanted to go look at houses that you thought were kind of cool. And we just drove, didn't do anything else. We really wanted to get out and go have lunch or a beer or something somewhere, but we knew like, can't do that. It's not really a good idea. And uh, eventually Tyler brought me home and dropped me off from our date. And my wife was standing out front when we got home and it was just like, all right, I guess I got to go back into my room. <laughs> like, I don't know <laughs> yeah. what to do. Uh, That's how you know you're friends with someone though. It's just like, you can just, in my life, there have been a few people that, I can just sit in a room with with nothing else going on and leave there enjoying my time and laughing and you know Elliot is one of those people's from one of those people for me and so I called my buddy I say let's go on a drive and so we went on a date and it was it was great you know my 
my dates with my wife end up better normally, but like he's a close second. Yeah. So thank you. Um, I appreciate that. Yeah, man. No, that was that was fun. There's no one else that I'd rather you know bang on a sign in the student section of the balcony wearing <laughs> ski goggles with. You know, I did have the skiing goggles down as a yeah. Oh man. See, we could. I mean, I feel like we could sit here for another couple hours and tell uh, tell stories. Um, you guys set us up. I'll never forget the first date. Uh, well, the first date with you guys, but then also when we went and had dinner with Robson's and you put Kelly on the hot seat right away, you mentioned the, the Kyle Hendricks thing, but earlier that day was the fun bowl memory. I mean, there's, there's, oh, all, yeah. there's all sorts of stuff. So man, the art rooms, there's the art room. Yeah. Oh, some things are left better unsaid. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, all that to say, man, what a fun conversation. I appreciate you uh, taking time to do this. I, I hope you enjoyed it. I think you did great, man. I know this isn't uh, isn't your thing, but you. I think people are going to think you nailed it. Yeah. I know I ramble. I know I'm a space case, but I uh, I do think that I'm someone that if someone will listen, I'll talk. Yep. <laughs> so thanks for listening, man. I uh, No, I really did enjoy it. I got more comfortable as we went on. Um, I don't think I did anything that dumb that I'll hear about. So I, I think this came out pretty safe. (laughs) (laughs) I think so too. I'll listen back and make sure. Actually, usually I just post it and don't even listen back, but I'll probably listen back just to make sure on this one. But, uh, no, this has been good. So thanks for joining me. Thanks everybody for listening in. Uh, I guess I just have one encouragement. You know, I, I started the frame friends podcast because, um, I, I really do feel like my friends have stories to tell. And, and honestly, this forum doesn't really exist many places, right? Like you and I can hop in the car and go tell stories and do that. But I think you're a unique guy and uh, God's created you wonderfully. And you've got a lot of cool stories. And I think your your background's really cool and just where you're at in life today. And so um, I'm glad that my other friends could learn from my friend Tyler Allison today. So uh, thanks for joining me, T. I don't have a clue what's next. We're going, I, I think I mentioned this in uh, my episode with Hutch. We're kind of going episode by episode right now, but I'm glad that we were able to, to make this one happen. And especially before you start building that house, man, it's going to get crazy pretty soon. So, yeah. Yep. No, it's good to be here. I really appreciate it. Living room is beautiful. Thanks. Yeah. Appreciate wow. your wife. Kind of. She's hiding you this space. Yeah. She's hiding, but, um, but no, it was, this is great. Your bathroom is pretty good uh, the motto for that was was try your best and caulk the rest so <laughs> we yeah so far I, all I know is that you told me to check the bottom drawer often to make sure there aren't any leaks and I, I still do and I haven't haven't seen a drop of water since so uh Quick shout out, Emily, thanks for letting your husband come record. Uh, Cooper, I know your dad put you to bed tonight. Um, sounded like he did a wonderful job. So I hope you're sleeping soundly and have a great full night of rest. And my boy Murph, uh, you can come run in the backyard anytime you want. All right. That is all for episode 15, my interview with my buddy Tyler Allison on the Frame Friends podcast. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs>